Canada's economy may have slowed through the pandemic, but the housing market has remained hot. And unlike many years, where price increases have focused on major centres, we're seeing growth right across the country, due in part to an exodus to the suburbs. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10.3. Tristan Hopper from the National Post joins me to discuss why people are flocking to smaller centres, how that's affecting the market across the country, and whether this is a bubble that could eventually burst. Don't forget you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your favorite shows. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Tristan, one thing that people love to talk about in Canada is the real estate market. You know, how expensive it is to buy a place in Vancouver, how unaffordable Toronto is, why Calgary and Edmonton are great places to be. And I got a sense over the last few years that despite rising prices in some of the bigger centers, that things were starting to stabilize a bit leading up to 2020. Is that correct? Is my my assessment of that right? I think so. Uh, Yeah. So I'm speaking to you from BC. So we did have this moderation of prices, basically through government action. So uh, you had before the the, the stress test, uh, you had the non-resident sort of crackdown where you incentivize, you know, a higher tax, uh, tax on non-resident owners, those types of things. So Mm -hmm. real estate prices were still rising, but they weren't crazy rising like they were before through the first months of the pandemic, nobody was buying real estate. Nobody wanted to tour real estate. So there was this brief slowdown. I don't know if there was ever any definable reduction in prices, but uh, yeah, the anticipated usual crazy, ridiculous rise in prices didn't happen for the first few months of the pandemic. And was that expected to hold? Like were, were people after things started to slow down a bit because of the pandemic, were analysts predicting that 2020 would be a more stable year in the real estate market in Canada? Or did they expect that things would get crazy again? There was a few articles I wrote in early 2020, and I was speaking with real estate experts, and they said, well, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people losing their jobs. Specifically, I was looking at the Victoria real estate market, and it's a big tourist town. Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, we're going to be screwed over by tourism. So I think a rational person would have thought, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of economic uncertainty, things slowing down, people losing their jobs. Yeah, if, if there was ever a time for real estate to slow down, it would be now. And of course, the exact opposite happens, which maybe there's some genius somewhere who saw that coming. But no one expected it to just completely go unhinged and out of control. Why is that? I assume there are multiple factors at play. So maybe we can walk through a few of these things. But if no one was moving, if people were stationary, especially early on in the pandemic, like why did things turn around all of a sudden that saw prices creep up again? So there's a few factors to consider. One of them is that there is no other place to spend your money. So as devastating as this has been to people working in the restaurant sector, the tourism trade, I mean, for the most part, the economic effects of the pandemic have been sort of localized. Mm -hmm. So if you're not in those professions, you're relatively untouched. You're probably doing quite well. Or you're you're still getting the salary the same. You're just sort of working from home. Things are slightly different. It, it's sort of like everybody forgets about the Great Depression. There was 25% unemployment, which means 75% of people still had their jobs, which is you know a vast majority of people. So it's kind of been that way during the pandemic. For, you know, for all the talk of, and of course it has been devastating for thousands upon thousands of people. Mm-hmm. There are large swaths of the population who are still making the same money they were before. And those are people who under normal circumstances would be spending their money on vacations or, you know, going out to dinner or going out to the theater. You haven't had the option to do any of those things. So these people have way more money than usual. 
And uh, the theory is that all these people are just spending their money on the one thing you can spend money on, uh, which is real estate. So they're deciding that, oh, well, we can't go to restaurants, we can't go to the movie theaters, but hey, I have some extra bank and I, so I can go buy a house that maybe has a nice gourmet kitchen that maybe has a home theater room that has a bigger yard, things like that. Yeah, so you have, I'm guessing, a lot of couples who are like, hey, since we didn't blow our money on avocado toast and art films at the local expensive theater, uh, we have an extra $10,000 in our bank account for it. So we have this down payment we never thought we were going to have because we've literally been restricted from our dumb spending habits, thus pour it into real estate. And then you touched on the other factor, which is we're all stuck in our houses. So you have a lot of people looking around their home and saying, well, if I'm going to be stuck here, presumably for the rest of time, I think I would rather get a nice house. So I think there's been crazy renovations. So my parents are renovating. I've spent a lot of the pandemic just sort of painting and and fixing up and adding to my collectible plate collection, just making uh, a nice nest because we're spending more time there than usual. So I think there's been a lot of focus on people are just paying more attention to the space where they live. And it's all tax deductible now since we're, we're all working from home. Up to one fifth, one sixth year home. That's uh, that's a write off now. So mm-hmm. that that kind of uh, factors into things. And then the third reason is because we're all working remotely. A lot of people have been untethered from the urban centers they had to live in before. So pre pandemic, if you worked for say a bank, you had to live in Toronto and you had to commute, or you had to live in Vancouver. And now with remote work, after a year of it, and people are realizing, eh, we can kind of just keep going on the remote work into the future. Uh, you're having thousands of Canadians who are saying, I don't have to live in Toronto anymore. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> so the biggest real estate rise and the, the crazy ridiculous price rise, so the, the, the prices have been rising in Vancouver and in Toronto, but the most unhinged rises have been in some of the smaller towns surrounding Toronto. Collingwood, which is just this nice picturesque town, you know, you can get ice cream, they've got, you know, a little main street, that prices went up 20%. Or Muskoka, the heart of the cottage country, those went up 20%. Wow. So you're seeing lots of people just saying, if I don't have to live in Toronto, I'm not going to live in Toronto, I'm going to go somewhere with a backyard. And there's also the pandemic considerations. Pandemic infectious disease don't hit rural areas as hard as they hit urban areas. So I think a lot of people who maybe, I was once uh, among these, a lot of young couples who were like, yeah, we're going to live in the, the urban center, we're going to have small spaces, and you know, we're just going to ride transit. Now they're thinking, screw this, I'm getting a car, and I'm moving to the suburbs, and I'm getting a backyard, and I'm never going to learn my neighbor's names. So is that mostly who's making these moves, these kind of younger professionals who see a benefit where once they may have thought, you know, I, I just need a condo downtown and I can ride my bike on the pathway and I can go for a walk to my local cafe and all of those things. And I have those things within walking distance. Is it them that are thinking now like, yeah, a car and the big yard in the suburbs? I don't know if there's any demographic difference. I think probably people of all, of all ages, I don't know if you can sort of just chalk it up to young people. I think I'm sure there's lots of retirees, yeah, particularly retirees who have no reason to stay in the city. Basically, just staying in the city has been soured for a variety of reasons for a whole lot of people. And we here in Western Canada don't realize how crappy it's been to live in Toronto. I mean, they've gotten next-level lockdowns. You can imagine making an impulsive decision to just live in the suburbs. So other than places like Muskoka and Collingwood, like, is this an across the country phenomenon? Are we seeing like smaller centers have people move everywhere? 
Yeah, secondary markets. And I live in a secondary market, uh, Victoria, which we've always had sort of Vancouver refugees. So you have just foreign buyers sort of bidding up the real estate prices in Vancouver. And then the real estate prices in Victoria rise because all the people who used to live in Vancouver are saying, well, I could sell my 300 square foot condo for a million dollars and then buy a mansion in Victoria. So they come here and they drive up the price. So yeah, the fastest growth, and this is across Canada, with the exception of Newfoundland. Newfoundland is the only place that hasn't been seeing crazy, ridiculous real estate price rises. But like New Brunswick is going way up. New Brunswick is actually running an ad campaign. The province of New Brunswick is running an ad campaign saying like, yeah, come to New Brunswick. You can get, you know, one of those picturesque houses on the seashore and you can have tea with your neighbors on the block for $350,000. So you're seeing people go to Atlantic Canada. You're seeing people go to Kelowna. Kelowna has gone way up. The Okanagan prices have gone way up. Kelowna is actually, they're finishing construction on a $10 million new skyscraper in the center of Kelowna with a $10 million penthouse at the top. Wow. These kinds of things did not happen in Kelowna only a few years ago. I mean, $10 million penthouses, they only really existed in Vancouver and Toronto. Oh, Yukon as well. The Yukon, even all the way up in the north, they're seeing real estate price rises they haven't seen, I don't think, ever. So anywhere that is a secondary market where people think they can get a deal, or they've just had dreams of living there, who hasn't thought about running away to the Yukon and becoming, you know, having a neighbor as a gold prospector? Has this ever happened before? Like, it doesn't typically real estate follow local trends that, you know, if there's in Alberta, there's an oil boom. So prices will go up in Fort McMurray and Edmonton and Calgary as people want to come there and they may creep down elsewhere. And that's where we get into this potentially being a bubble because this is happening completely unhinged from local economic conditions. This is just absolutely everywhere is going up way faster than anybody expected. And it doesn't matter what the local economy looks like. So maybe it isn't a bubble, but you're right. We didn't used to have across the board, everybody is seeing their real estate going up at once. So the, the classic example was when real estate was going up in Alberta, it was usually going down in BC. This obviously stopped in the 1990s when BC just you know went its crazy town. But the idea was whenever oil was going up, forestry was going down. And when forestry was going up, you know, oil was going down. My, my parents actually left Edmonton in the early 1980s, lost 25% of the value of their home wow. in Edmonton. And then when they moved to Victoria at that same time, uh, Victoria real estate prices were going up. So, yeah, you used to have this kind of balance. Some parts of the country were going up, some parts of the country going down. So, yeah, I think this is the first time where you just look at the big map of real estate prices across Canada, and it's just everywhere is up and way up, like 5 to 10 to 20%. And this is something I always wonder about. If you have people leaving big centers and going to smaller centers, flocking away from big cities, wouldn't prices in big cities fall? Wouldn't it become like a buyer's market? Or do rising prices in the burbs help inflate prices in larger centers? Like I think of, like you mentioned in, in the story that you wrote, Cochrane, which is just west of Calgary, mm-hmm. yeah. that's seeing increase in prices. Does an increase in prices in Cochrane help artificially inflate prices in Calgary just because of like the perception that it is the center and the hub and it has all the stuff you need compared to the suburbs? So yeah, we were talking about the, the flights of the suburbs. So at the same time, I mean, prices are also rising in city centers, just not as dramatically as they are in the smaller centers. So I think Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, I mean, they're all going up. So there is still that traditional old-fashioned bidding up of real estate prices within the cities. So that's still there. But yeah, the extra factor here is 
you're also seeing it happening in smaller centers at a much higher rate than it's happening in those big centers. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are people fleeing the cities, but there's also a lot of people who are deciding to stay in the city and spend all their extra money uh, on newfound real estate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not completely vacating the cities and leaving them as ghost towns. They will still exist and be very, very expensive. Yeah. With people leaving bigger centers, going to secondary markets, does that mean we're seeing more people buy cars than they have in the past? Oh, we are seeing a slight uptick in private cars. Not as dramatically as I would have thought, but there has been sort of a rally in car prices because at the beginning of the pandemic, absolutely no one was buying cars. And then that rebounded uh, quite dramatically. So I think, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do remember looking at private car sales. And it wasn't wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like a 10% or 20% rise. Uh, but those rebounded quite quickly, and I think we're starting to trend upward. So, yeah, I would not be surprised. I personally know people who have never considered a private car. They were trying to just get around on bikes, and they got one. And it's amazing, and they, they love driving around in a private car. So I've seen straight-up, full-blown environmentalists, I'm never going to be behind the wheel, getting a private car and saying, oh, this is fantastic. This <laughs> is just a, a sealed, like, virus-free bubble that I can just take anywhere. I want to move family around, and it's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I do think rates of car ownership are going up. Obviously, when you have sectors of the economy that are slumping, you know, the oil economy is not in good shape right now. Other sectors of the economy are hurting. It helps to have a hot real estate market. But is this something that's sustainable? Are people worried that, you know, like you said, like it could be a housing bubble, or as we go on, do we want to see prices going up and up and up? Uh, yeah, and that's where it gets into. If, if there was ever a real estate bubble, this is the bubble. And, and I'm hesitant to say that because for 15 years in BC, we've been saying, this is a bubble, this is a bubble, this is a bubble. And it's never a bubble. There's just endless amounts of money you can apparently throw at Vancouver real estate. But yeah, I would say if you've got your bubble magnifying glass out, one thing you're looking for is prices rising out of proportion to any local economic conditions. So the oil sector is still in bad shape. Alberta's economy isn't doing great. And yet real estate in Calgary is, is getting out of control. So we, we got into why people might be spending more money on real estate. And then I mentioned there's there's no other place to spend your money. So if you're just sitting on a pile of cash and you're, you're deciding you're going to get a place with a, a better kitchen or something. So those are all temporary conditions. Once the pandemic's over and we're sort of at the end of it, you're going to have those factors go away and that might affect uh, real estate prices. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a number of reasons why this isn't a permanent situation by any means. For people who aren't sitting on a pile of cash and who've been thinking for a long time, I'll never be able to buy a house. Even like I can't move because my job is tied to a location yeah. and I'll never be able to buy a house. These prices don't make things any better for me. Like what about those people who feel that they've been consistently priced out of the market? I mean, you're just forced to sort of sit with fingers crossed and hope that everything absolutely collapses and and goes down in flames. So this is particularly screwed over, maybe not millennials, but uh, Gen Z, just a few years behind millennials, because they were the ones working in service jobs Mm -hmm. that were completely wiped up by the pandemic. So I said there was disproportionate effects of the pandemic. Not if you're in your early 20s. You were screwed, but basically whatever job you had, you were probably screwed. And now, right when you were supposed to be in your home buying years, you have no money anymore because you've been unemployed for a year. And now real estate's going. So, yeah, this has been a series of events that have absolutely screwed over younger people. The good news is these might be temporary conditions. And it's not going to be like that millennials. 
where, oh, we forgot to buy just after high school and now we can never, ever, ever buy a home in Vancouver or something. So these might be temporary and you might see some horrible crash that screws over everyone except you and then you're fine. Do we know when that might happen? Is anyone saying like, you know, third quarter of 2021 or this will go on until next year? From what I've seen, uh, the, the forecasts are like, well, 2021 is still going to stay stable. But I will remind you that this whole rise was not expected by basically anyone. When you shake up an economy with a pandemic uh, on the scale that hasn't happened since the Spanish flu, unexpected things are going to happen. So, yeah, I think the officially stamped projections are saying there's going to be a moderate increase to real estate prices throughout 2021. But um, any number of crazy things could happen as we uh, reopen the economy and return to normal life. And in the euphoria of that, we might do any number of things that weren't anticipated. Yeah, and as the last year has proven, any crazy thing could actually happen. Tristan, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Tristan Hopper. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.